Welcome to the Fear Soul Podcast. I'm Jordan Ray, the Soul Diva, and I'm on a mission for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully, transform their trauma and toxic experiences, to reclaim their worth and self-expression. I chat with thought leaders and inspirational women in free-flowing conversations, with a focus on loving yourself, soulful living, emotional well-being, creative expression, and body wisdom, intended to empower you to practice self-love and guide you to your authentic self-expression. Welcome to the Queendom Stories series, inspirational women sharing their transformational stories. Today we have Penna sharing her story and Penna, your story is one of dating a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yep. So welcome. And do you want to start sharing your experience? Right. Okay. So obviously with narcissists, they don't sort of walk around with a sign saying I am a narcissist. <laughs> it would be so much easier if they did. <laughs> don't even get near me with a barge pole. Yes, I think it kind of started when he kind of started doing a Facebook request. He was basically saying, oh, I'm so much into your work and you know, you seem like a very interesting person. And it kind of, the, the relationship went very, very quick. I mean, obviously, I didn't know anything about, I, mean, I heard of the word narcissist. But when I think narcissist, I'm thinking, oh, someone like Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't really know what narcissism was. So anyway, with this guy, we kind of got chatting online and then we met up in person and the relationship went very, very quickly. There was like the love, what they were called the love bomb stage. So he was texting me every five minutes and then he was phoning me and Facebooking me and, oh, you know, I think, where have you been all my life? I met, I met the right person person I could see myself of a future together and this was like literally in the stage of probably the first month which is wow yes very quick now I thought it was well you know whirlwind romance kind of thing because at the beginning he was asking a lot of questions which obviously that should be a red flag when a person asks a lot of questions and you're just pouring out your life saying, so what What have you been doing and what things are you interested in? And then it kind of eventually turned around like, oh, yes, I'm into that as well. And oh, yeah, yeah, you're into the same things that I'm into as well. And yeah, yeah, you know, you're definitely, um, definitely my other half, you know, you're, you're my other self. And so he was like literally feeling me with so much compliments saying, oh, you're such a wonderful person. Oh, and my ex was a bit, you know, a bit crazy. And, you know, she never really had much time with me. You know, she was always on the mobile, never had time for me at all. And But meanwhile with him, at the beginning, he was phoning me all hours of the day and night. He'd phone me at work, phone me at home at two in the morning. He'd be texting me. He'd be contacting me on WhatsApp, Telegram you name it he'll call me at work saying what are you doing well I'm at work when you're going home when you're going back home oh, I'll be back home at this time and so even like my mom's like saying this guy's calling all the time it's like he'll be phoning and literally will be on the phone literally the whole night just mm-hmm. talking and me sharing my experiences silly me obviously it's uh, so easy though if somebody's showing interest and they're asking yeah. questions and it feels like they want to know you and he goes oh I love you I've never felt this way before mm-hmm. and you know 
And like literally at one point I was saying something, he goes, oh, marry me. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I need to take you to show, you know, to introduce you to my family. And, you know, and he was like showing pictures of me and him on Facebook. Oh, you know, this is my 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 girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. So it, that was like literally about a few months in. Yeah. And then I noticed one day I said something and he's like, like, this temper kind of came from nowhere. I was like, what? You know, it was just something. It was just something very simple. It wasn't something to get so upset about. Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry. You know, I was just in a bad mood. I'm really, really sorry, blah, blah, blah. But then as time went by, I noticed his phone calls started getting less. And the text started getting less. And before he'd be like writing back saying, oh, yes, this, this, that and the other. It'd be like one word. Yep. okay, I'm really busy now. I'll call you later. Or I'd call him and it would go on an answer phone. It was like as if things were kind of getting more distant between me and him. That initial love bomb stage has started to to die out and... Actually, yeah. now you're the one as you're trying to get hold of him. He's not as available. Yes. Yeah. And then there was a there was one girl on Facebook that um he was friends with, and she she loved hedgehogs. And all of a sudden he was into hedgehogs. He's like saying, "I've got two hedgehogs in in my room, you know, that I'm looking after." I'm like, all of a sudden it's like as if him and this girl had more things in common. Meanwhile, he was being distant with me. Oh, okay. And then towards the end of the relationship, I think I was like, um, I thought, no, this is not good, this. So I contacted his uh, daughter, who was sort of more like a stepdaughter from a relationship, Mm -hmm. from a a previous relationship, which he hates the daughter's mother. But um, him and this daughter are supposed to be very, very close. I said, look, I sort of sent her like a long message saying, you know, this is how it was. During the relationship, I was the one that was paying the things. It was his birthday. I booked this holiday and we both went and it was me that was paying this money. And I was like, did you explain to her the situation? And she was like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, I thought you two were a good item. Don't, wa- don't worry. I'll speak to him and, and see if we can get something sorted out. And then literally, I think about a day later, she said, um, well, really, I think, I don't know if she spoke to her partner, but she said, I think really this is something really between you and him, but I'll try and see what I can do. Don't worry. And then what happened? He went to visit the daughter and I knew he visited the daughter because he came back and I, he phoned me up and I thought, oh, hi, how are you? And he was like, ah, how dare you do this? How dare you do it? You know, do this to my daughter. You know, I, she showed me all the messages. You've done. And I thought, oh my goodness. And it was like, he was literally swearing down the phone. And I had the phone on speaker that day. I had my mum with me and he was like swearing down the phone because I do not want to see you ever again. And I thought, wow, you know, all that over what I told the daughter. Yeah. And uh, and then things kind of calmed down. And then he said, well, you know, let, let's see what happens. And then he went into another one of his fits again. Because I don't think this relationship's going to work anyway, you know. And and I just noticed as time went by, before he used to be texting me and phoning me like every five seconds, it got to like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Then it went to three days, four days. Then it went to a week, then a couple of weeks. Yeah. Then it went to a month. So, and I thought, 
this is not good. No. And the, the fact of the matter being, I was literally, you, you know, when you're in a relationship, you, they always say if you start researching when you're in a relationship, thinking, why is my partner doing this? And you start typing in thinking, well, he goes into a bit of a temper for no reason. And towards the end, I was stepping on eggshells. I'm very diplomatic, but it got to a point where I had to think twice, three times. Okay, I want to tell him this, but if I say it in this way, is he going to get into a bad temper? And it got to a point where I was feeling drained. Each time he was contacting me, I felt this real drained feeling. It's really hard to explain. It's understandable. It's taking so much energy. Like you said, treading on eggshells. You're not knowing what version of him you're going to get. Are you going to get the really nice version? Are you going to get the threatening to end it all version? You're trying to balance it all. Exactly. And actually, the bit I was curious about was you talked about physically that feeling drained. Mm. But emotionally... How were you feeling? Obviously, you'd had this guy that had so much interest in you. Yeah. And I was just curious to where you were in it all. Towards the end, I was the one that was apologising. I'm really sorry that you feel that yeah. way. And I was apologising for things that weren't even my fault. But I just thought, you know, look, you know, I'm really sorry. Let's. So it got to a point where instead of he was chasing me, it was like as if I was trying to get back the person mm. that I first met that really lovely, loving person. But instead, I got this... It was like as if it was like a completely different person, Dr Jackal and Mr Hyde. Yeah. It was like as if I was getting a Mr Hyde version of yeah. him. And the thing was, when we were with people, especially with his friends, he was like all lovey-dovey and like very life and soul of the party. So obviously people go, oh, what a nice person. He's a really lovely guy, yeah. blah, blah, blah. On the other side, it was completely different. And how easy it is for people to not believe. I think no. this is this is the bit when we're talking about either narcissistic or those kind of emotional, um, emotional, emotional abusive, <laughs> abusive and abusive relationships that psychologically yeah. one abusive yeah. ones is yeah. they are they present themselves so well to everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if you try and even start talking about your experience. It's very quick for people to dismiss your experience because exactly. that's never how they've seen them. Exactly. Like he, he said to me, his previous girlfriend, he said, oh, each time I try and talk to her, she's always on her mobile. And I thought, hmm. And he was saying she she never really had time for me, you know, and, and I, I'm the sort of person. I, I, I like someone who's, who's with me and talk. But no, she's always on the phone. She's always texting. And I thought, right. So at the beginning of our relationship, he was the one that was constantly texting and phoning and messaging. It made me stop and think that maybe he was just talking about himself. And he, and then the previous partner to her, oh, she was a bit crazy. She's a bit mad and turned uh, turned the other children against me. And, you know, and I thought, this to me, it's like as if, the exes were always either mad or they didn't have time for him. Then, as I said, when I started doing some research, thinking, okay, so he does this. It's always the case that if you're in a relationship with someone, if you're starting to do research and Googling their behaviour, you know it's not a good thing. It's that bit that I've openly shared my experience with my ex. Mm-hmm. And one of my stories is on the day we moved in together, 
my gut was telling me I was making a mistake. Mm. But it was like pride and obviously I was yeah. so younger as well. Mm. And I'd hope <laughs> I would do something different now. But also this is the relationship you want to work. And you're mm. emotionally invested as well as financially invested in that one. Mm. And I think actually if we're really true to ourselves and we do drop in and, and listen to our gut, or like you said, you talked, started to mention the red flags as well, which were yeah. there at the beginning. Yeah. But we're not looking for them necessarily. And mm, yeah, it doesn't matter how intelligent any of us are, where we look and what we start to do. Like you said, the fact you started to research. Which is <laughs> when you start doing research. But yeah. you're already yeah. emotionally invested in this relationship. There's You've already mm. got feelings. Mm. And trying to walk away from that is so much harder than I think people realise. Well, I think also like previous relationships, uh, they probably were toxic ones anyway. Like got married when I was in my 30s. The guy at the time had the eye for other women. But I was with him for like 10 years, 9, 10 years before we got married. Mm. And as you said, the red flags were there. Me and one of my cousins, we we haven't spoken to each other for years because we were engaged and he, oh, I'll tell the sort of brief story. My mum was getting married to my stepdad. And at the wedding, I was thinking, where, where is where is him? You know, where is he? Where is my cousin, by the way? And it turned out he went to her room. Oh, we were just talking. We were just talking. And something's not quite right. Yeah. And then obviously I went ahead with the wedding. And my mum's saying, if you had any doubts, you shouldn't have gone ahead to the wedding. And my stepdad, from the very beginning, never liked this guy. Right. To the point where he refused to take me down the aisle. Wow. Have me over. He, he felt that strong about me marrying this guy. Wow. And the thing is, like, my mum didn't see it, but he saw he saw him straight away. Mm. He read him like a book, literally straight away. And he felt that strongly. And he said, well, if your daughter gets married to that man, then I'm cutting her out of my will. So he felt that strongly about it. So obviously when me and the guy divorced, he was like, well, you know, I did tell you he was a wrong one. How often do people say this, especially when it's parents, parental figures? And, and they're saying, we've, we know, we tried to warn you. you know, but you like, needed to, whether it's you needed to experience it for yourself or you needed to get there on your own, you can't just hear it. You have to go through that process. Mm. Yeah. So I wasted 14 years with that guy. And then the previous ex prior to this one, the narcissist, I was with that guy for almost seven years. Mm. And my mum didn't really take to my mum this time didn't really take to him. <laughs> and um, and I was helping him a lot. I was helping him a lot. Yeah. And then at the end, like literally two miscarriages. And I... you know, and after the miscarriage, he got really cold with me. And normally when a guy is with you and you've had a miscarriage, they sort of try and comfort you, try and console you. But he was like very cold. That's when he started taking an interest of being, he was on the internet a lot. And it turned out he had a thing for Asian women. And at the end, I found out he bought himself a ticket for himself to go to Thailand. Wow. And I just found out by accident, I think with me sort of snooping around. And I said, what's this? Oh, yeah, well, you were going to go to Canada to see your family. I said, yeah, we were going to go together. 
goes, yeah, but your family don't want us to be together because we're not married, blah, blah, blah. So I decided, I decided to book this trip whilst you were in Canada. But it's only, you know, I'll be coming back. And I thought, this is getting ridiculous. Mm. And then he sort of said, well, you know, I, I don't think this um, relationship's going to work anyway. And it turned out after we broke up, he was going to several trips to Thailand and he ended up moving there and getting married to one of the Thai women there. Uh, so I've not been very lucky with men. And then obviously after him, the narcissist came. <laughs> I also think, I mean, obviously you and I do know each other mm. and I know you enough to mm. know how much those miscarriages impacted you. Yeah. Even though I know you were trying to, to manage it, there was enough that you were saying that it mm. was a huge impact on you. And therefore I'm very aware of that vulnerable place that you must have been in at that Mm. point as well while all of this was going on yeah and I think as you said you've not had luck with men and yeah they come in but I think as well there's two parts to that which is certainly the narcissistic men yeah they they know who to look for there's it doesn't matter how intelligent we are anything they can still see the emotional side they can still see those vulnerabilities But also the flip side to that is that we also get into spaces where, again, you know, talking from my own experience, I know that before my abusive ex, I was looking for my worth in relationships. So I was going into inappropriate relationships because I was looking for something that I needed to deal with myself and I needed to find in myself, but I was trying Mm -hmm. to find it in someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think we can go in hoping that mm. either we're going to help the other person or the other person's yeah. going to help us with yeah. the best of intentions. There's there's no mm. criticism to, or judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. best of intentions. And then we find ourselves in these places where we almost don't want to admit to ourselves those red flags mm. or our pride or whatever it is. Yeah, pride. I think that the marriage one was pride. Because right. I've been with this guy for nine years. Yeah. You know, I'm going to look like a laughing stock if like, I broke it off and what have you. And I think with the one after that, pride again. And I thought my age is going up and I, I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be alone. I didn't be on my own. And I think that's where the narcissist one decided, hmm, because I was telling him my story, which probably wasn't such a good idea, perhaps, because he kind of knew what buttons to press. And then he said, all the times I helped you emotionally. And I said, well, what about the times I've helped you? He was telling me the story back in January that, oh, it was the worst time of his life. Um, it was an anniversary of something that happened really bad in his past. And I was consoling him on the phone. And I reminded him of that because, no, what well, I helped myself. But I was there for you. I think you should sort out your own issues. And I thought, where did all that come from? Meanwhile, before, it'd be like, you know, if you have any problems, you can come to me. So it's like as if he kind of backtracked on what he was saying to me before. Yeah. And only been able to hold that mask up for so long, isn't it? That he can come Mm. in with the love bombing and all that effort and all that energy. And you buy into that. Not you personally. Any woman buys into that. And then when they've got you. Yeah, they pull away and the mask drops. And then obviously, it's like as I was saying to you before, since that situation, I've been doing a lot of research. I would say to anybody who's gone through a narcissist experience, do your research. There's a very, very good YouTube channel called Narc Daily. It's a chap 
he's really good because he is speaking from experience because he was married to someone who was a narcissist so he's kind of pouring out his experience and every day he kind of puts different topic topics and he always says it was not your fault don't think that you are oh, was too stupid to even go into that situation because he was saying they're very very clever they put on the yeah. mask and don't see that you know you don't think it's a mask and you think wow this person's lovely and and especially they come up with things like especially the narcissist that was with me where have you been all my life you're my hero and you are definitely my other me and and they they paint all these different compliments so you kind of buy into that at the end that's when they probably think you know what I've had enough of that or they found somebody else that they yeah. can latch on to. So think, well, okay, I'm going to get rid of you and I'm going to go on to this other person. They do a lot of listening at the beginning. I noticed with this guy, he was asking me a lot of questions at the beginning. He was like mirroring what I was literally saying. Um, one of the things I researched, the one person kind of said that when you're in love with a narcissist, you're basically in love with yourself. And I thought, that's a good little thing because they're literally mirroring what your interests are they're mirroring your feelings but at the end I think you know what I've had enough of that I started buying a lot of books and I've some very very good books there's one I think it's by Anne McCree it was a great thing she kind of starts the first chapter she said this is a different kind of fairy tale and it kind of sort of says once upon a time so it starts off with a bit oh and it's the way she gets you into the book person sort of saying they're your prince and all this and and then it's literally sort of saying that at the end of the day there's no real happy ending with this kind of relationship the the prince has turned into something completely different the fact of the matter being as well as that book I mean there's quite a lot of other books as well through time of me constantly reading and constantly researching you start to feel stronger in yourself but the major thing, when I kind of decided that, I thought, you know what, I'll have to break away from that person. The one thing that many of them say, and I did it myself, you need to cut all ties, not just from that person, but from people that they are close to. No, I mean, some in narcissist speak, they would say they're, they're flying monkeys. They could be people that you've known for years, but they've just decided to be friends with them. The reason why I kind of say that is because if you just block that person from your life and you still got these other people in your life, they can feed information about your life back to that person. So you know what? So they're literally finding out about your life indirectly through these people. And some people who kind of break from a narcissist relationship, they find, okay, I'm going to block them. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to block them. And then maybe a week later think, hmm, I wonder what they're up to at the moment. Let's just have a little peek onto their profile. And probably a lot of times they've probably found somebody else. And that is going to bring you down emotionally. And especially after there was some of our research that said they, that a narcissist would know if you've unblocked them. Because especially with Facebook, if you block someone and then you unblock them, you can't block them again for like another 48 or 72 hours and within that window they could think oh 
this person has suddenly appeared again. Maybe they're interested in what I'm up to. But you're literally feeding their ego. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, they can't do without me. So that's why they they have to find out what I'm up to. And I'm going to flaunt on my profile that I've met somebody else and me and this person were so happy together and what Mm. a lovely couple. You're literally going to make yourself worse and you are not going to heal by doing that. Yeah, you talked earlier about Mm. the fact that they draw you in, but then actually what you found yourself doing was you being the one apologizing you almost being the one chasing actually what's come to mind is how similar it is to recovering from drug or alcohol addiction yeah because the fact you're still trying to chase them they've set it up and therefore we know that when it's drugs and alcohol you have to cut off not just from the the drug you have to cut from the community Mm. and it is it's the same but it's also so hard to do that walking away because Mm. for so many people and like you've talked about your your previous toxic experiences Mm. and I know for myself I obviously walked away from my ex after I had a death threat fully walking away was so hard because although I moved towns I was then on my own completely so the one constant however bad it was and Mm. however difficult it was was him but no but the constant was him and it took me a while to fully cut ties because Mm -hmm. there was still this emotional draw back Mm. got me thinking about the fact that yes you it is that cutting it out and literally cutting everything out associated with Mm. that person exactly you've got to make you've got to make that decision in order for you to move on in order for you to heal you've Mm. got to block that person you've got to make in your on your own mind thinking I am not going to have anything to do with that person anymore because you need that time to heal the narc daily he was basically saying you've got to put yourself first second and third because before when you were in that relationship you were giving and giving and giving to a fault that's his words giving to a Mm -hmm. fault and you're literally giving more and more of yourself to eventually and the narcissist knows that they want their feed and if you're not going to offer it to them they're going to find someone else and they're going to drop you by the curb and that's the major major thing you've got to literally bear in mind that it's just going to get worse there's such thing as the aging narcissist as the narcissist gets older their relationships get shorter and shorter and shorter they want that hit they want that instant hit and, and eventually they get fed up of having to put on this mask they want to quickly rip off the mask and go into someone else and that is how they operate. And that's why I found with this guy was the previous relationship to me was about a few months. Mm-hmm. And then prior to her was a bit longer. So it's like mine kind of lasted about half a year. The major thing also when you're in that situation, especially if you don't block them and then you see, oh, they've got somebody else. I wonder if that person is is better than me what they do they see in that person maybe I wasn't good enough they will start telling them well my my ex is a bit crazy anyway and so obviously if you're telling them you know this guy or this woman did this 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 and this they will more likely believe the narcissist than you and think oh you know what you maybe yeah. they're right because you know this person's really lovely and friendly so yeah maybe they're right maybe they are a bit crazy and maybe that's why the relationship didn't work you were saying as well about that 
doubting yourself and maybe I'm not as good as them. But it's also remembering, going back to that, it's not your fault. This person has been very clever at how they've ground you down as a person. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing when they're coming in. They don't have those feelings. They don't have that empathy. They have quite often, they can grind people down to no self-belief no self-worth therefore like you said you look at other people and go well are they better than me but part Mm. of that has come from the relationship in the first place and eventually as I said they know how to do how to work these things they know you know when you get with that person you think that you you're with that person for a long time and you've met your match they know that eventually that relationship's going to end yeah they more or less know when they can just cut it and go on to someone else and there's no closure with those kind of relationships you can't be sort of thinking well if you've broken up with someone you maybe can get together and talk about it and say well okay it didn't work out Mm. blah 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 so if you're thinking of getting a closure it's got to come from you yeah exactly but the major thing is you've got to be strong enough you've got to be determined enough to think you know what I am not going to go back there I am not, as far, as far as I'm concerned, that past is not in my life anymore. Some narcissists, they do things like the hoover. I don't know if you've heard of that. The hoover is like, say, for example, if you and the narcissist have both broken up, it could be a month, it could be a year, it could be five years, ten years down the line. They might all of a sudden call you from an undisclosed number or from a different phone number if they still got your number. Or you might find that they're starting to frequent the same places that mm-hmm. you go to and they'll be like and they'll put on that nice person that you originally knew before they became yeah. that other person and then you might think oh maybe there's a chance that maybe me and that person can get back together mm-hmm. again and it's all a hoover and then it can all start all over again and it will just carry on and on and You've got to really make a clean slate. And I know a lot of people find it very difficult to do that. And I had a a friend who was in a narcissistic relationship for nine years. And actually Mm. for the whole time that I knew her, I never knew this was the relationship. She was so good at masking the relationship. And obviously when anyone else is around, as you were saying, he had his mask on. It was exactly what you're saying. It was an on and off over those nine years. He would come back in, but every time would be a little bit more aggressive, abusive. Every time she would get Mm. dropped even lower. It's easier to come back in because there's been a little bit more destroyed again and then a little bit more destroyed. And actually on that note, what was it for you that led you to the point of just saying, I cannot do this anymore and I cannot allow him to do this anymore? There was a few friends that I knew before that they were going more to his side. I started getting drained. Yeah. It got to a point where I thought, I can't be doing this anymore. It's getting more draining. Each time I speak to him, I have to think, I've got to be careful. What I say. I've got to try and phrase things in a certain way because, yeah. whoa, and you can't get a word in edgeways and then he'll end the conversation. He did that with me three times throughout the relationship and I thought, I can't carry on like this. I really, right. really can't. From my previous experience of relationships, I thought I'm fed up of apologising. And the fact is, whenever I try and pull him up on something, it wasn't his fault. It was my fault that I caused him to be yeah. like that. It was always my fault. So I end up always apologising. And I thought, no, it's not my fault. He was at fault as well. 
you have problems that you've got issues that you need to sort out and I thought where is this person coming from I, I can't be going through this anymore and especially like last year my mum was in hospital for about a month that, that was a time when he decided to distant from me like a whole month went by and he never like called so how is your mum is she all right and it gave me time to think before this was someone used to call me all the time text me all the time and it was like a complete silence this is not good I was thinking all these red flags wow so many red flags that I missed but I think it's so easy for women especially in those abusive situations to think mm. number one they're on their own Mm. that number two we can get caught up how stupid must I have been Mm. and therefore I don't want to admit it and I don't want to tell anybody about it because I feel so ashamed about it actually we've got to remember that anything that led us into those relationships at the beginning we're Mm. not feeling that good about ourselves in the beginning that all comes from childhood that's something that's been going Mm. on subconsciously and the fact that we've not been aware of it isn't our fault because nobody supported us to be aware of it and then when we're in the relationships that actually these partners whether it's male or female as you've already said Mm. or however anyone identifies actually these partners are very clever and they know who they're seeking yeah. out and what they're doing and again this isn't our fault you've done the research and you're reading and you look back on the red flags but the fact that somebody might still go out and end up in one of these relationships there still has to be a it's not their fault because the person that's coming in that partner mm. that's coming in is already very aware of how they're going to present and what they're going to do like the narcissist yeah. comes like this guy he came across like a victim and it's like well you know don't worry I'll try and but he was very good at presenting himself like that so yeah. obviously anyone he goes for be like oh don't worry I won't be like your ex exactly how powerful is that the one question yeah. I did want to ask you Penna is obviously talks about the research and how that helped you and mm build up your strength again oh yeah what else helped how else have you supported yourself in getting stronger isn't always the best word but I would say put yourself with a good network of friends or family that that are there for you I know that you have friends that will try and help you and say you'll probably even get like some friends say well I think now you know you, you you've broken up now for x amount it's time you move on and really? it's hard if you've not experienced that, can't really move on. You need to look into yourself. You need to try and resolve any unresolved issues. As you said, it could be something to that something in your childhood that made you open to people like that. It can be painful going back to whatever it is that you had to resolve yeah. for you to tackle yourself in order for you to move forward so that you don't fall for that situation again. Being in that situation, you should be more focused thinking, right, I know now that if someone else comes into my life and they present this kind of trait, I know straight away to to cut because, you know, you know that person is not what they seem. Not saying to be paranoid, to be aware. Don't fall head over heels straight into a relationship straight Mm -hmm. away. You need to get to know that person before investing 
so much into that relationship especially like at the beginning if they if they go really too quick that's a red flag but I think you said something really important and actually it was slightly what triggered my own healing journey I realized I wasn't managing the healthy relationships because I wasn't Mm. used to them I am going to soften some of the language you use though (laughs) because (laughs) it's I think we, we have to go back to, we have to have some compassion to ourselves, whatever yeah. is underneath it, whatever our experiences of childhood. And even if you don't think there's anything there, potentially this underlying belief there somewhere. I quite like the word you use, which was open, which has sort of opened this door to these people potentially coming in, going back, working on that belief, transforming those beliefs from their point of origin, not Mm. just focusing on relationships in adulthood. Any of the work that I do with my clients, the intention of that work is that gate that's been open for all this time is no longer open. It's no longer available Mm. because you've worked on yourself. You've worked on the belief. You've worked on your worth. You know that you're good enough exactly as you are now when you've done that work and can get yourself to that point and I really like the fact you said it's going to be painful because unfortunately there is no pain-free version of it I'd be lying if it if there was but when you've done that you've closed that gate and that person is not going to be able to come in so I I loved that you identified that oh exactly you've got to put yourself first second and third when you are fully healed you can help others but you've got to put yourself Number one, first, at the end of the day, does this benefit me? I'm not saying like to be selfish and think me, 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 me. I'm not saying that at all. You've got to think about yourself. You've got to think what's best for you. We're back to those analogies of put your own oxygen mask on first. Yeah. If you're going to go into a situation and, and help somebody, it's don't put yourself in danger yes. to be able to help that person. As you said, it's not about being selfish. Actually, I would argue it is, but in the neutral form I think mm-hmm. when we are selfish and we fill ourselves up first and mm. we we love ourselves for who we are and we care mm. for ourselves mm. then everybody gets the best of us and I do love that put yourself first second and third it feels like a really good place to end this yeah. unless there's something burning that you haven't said that you would like to share but at the end of the day you've got to look forward not back And that person is in your past. Don't, whatever you do, feel tempted to go back there or or reminisce about the good times. The way I would look at it, if you think that you're going to be reminiscing about the good times, get a sheet of paper, write down the amount of good times and write down also the times that were not so good. All these things you got to weigh up. But at the end of the day, you are worth a lot more than that person. Best revenge is moving on. Block delete do not go back there make a better you if there's one quote out of there are so many brilliant nuggets in this whole conversation if i could take one quote from this whole conversation it would be your best revenge is moving on i love that thank you so much (laughs) thank you for joining me for yet another fierce soul conversation to find out more about me and my work please see the links in the show notes and don't forget to like share and subscribe i look forward to you joining me next time 